0: Hello again, everybody. This is Lance Russell with Championship Wrestling with another big week. Join us right now.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Double Dropkick Show. I'm Heath Mulligan.
0: And I'm Mark Whitman.
1: And on this episode... As we do with many of our episodes, we're going to start one place, then we're going to go different place and we're going to see where it takes us, but we're going to, we're going to talk about heel tactics, heel wrestlers, (laughs) how far is too far and, um, where, where should you draw the line? Is there a line or should we just get in line? Um, what keyed this conversation is the recent incident, uh, at the AEW pay-per-view, I believe where MJF threw a liquid on a little boy and uh Mark, you brought that up. Run, run us through kind of what happened there in the moment.
0: I think the mother had a drink. He snatched it away from her, threw it in the kid's face. And to me, that was a step too far. Step too far. Because... I can assure you, if that mother had thrown that drink in his face, he would have wanted her thrown out right um, I can also assure you that if uh you do that with the wrong parent <laughs> you know who knows what happens to m j f on live t v right um, like I said, what if that'd been the kid of somebody whose whose father was a, a defensive lineman for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he happened to be there. Well, you know what's going to happen? And that's my problem with it. Is right. I don't think that uh, the person in the ring should not be able to do anything to a fan that a fan cannot do to a to, to the performer in the ring. Right. Right. That, I think that starts and ends at that guardrail. Mm-hmm. When the fan goes over that guardrail. <laughs> I think you've entered in. Right. But I think as a, as a performer, when you step into the crowd, you can't put your hands on anybody.
1: Right. Right.
0: And I'm not talking about somebody coming up putting their hands on you. Because right. that they've compl- got security
1: guys there to keep right. fans from touching right. the wrestlers, but who's keeping the wrestlers from the fans?
0: Right. So for him, to me, for him to throw the whatever, whether it was water or tequila is not an issue to me. It's right. just the fact that he did it. Because I know for a fact, if you can't call a wrestler fat without getting thrown out. Oh, no, gosh. You know, you sure ain't going to throw a drink in one of them's face. Right. And stay. Right. If what I'm looking for, I, I want a fan of, of one of these wrestling shows to say, I'm not interested in having my picture made with somebody. I'm right. not interested in meeting nobody and I can buy my own t-shirts.
1: <laughs> right.
0: I'm going to consult a lawyer. Right. About this situation. That's what's going to happen to AEW eventually if they don't get some of this stuff under control, the way they just dive onto people in the front row, the way they slam into the guardrails and knock. I'm telling you, eventually they're going to meet the. There's going to be a me sitting in the crowd that ain't impressed by your main event.
1: But do you think. I know when you buy tickets to a lot of shows now, uh, matter of fact, we were. Uh, we were talking about a, a promotion that is um, re, a local promotion that's relaunching, and <laughs> when you when you go to buy the ticket, there's this long thing, and it's very clear to me because uh, different. Uh, we were talking about it in our patrons' Facebook group, and that this uh, waiver or whatever was copied from somewhere in Disney because uh-huh. uh, it talked about. Interacting with characters and things like that, and uh, it was weird. But I'm curious if when you buy a ticket to AEW, if there is oh yeah, they do. Um, but still, but there is a they, line. They
0: do have those waivers that you're going to see, and these may happen, and this and that and other. But I think anybody who's a a good enough attorney will tell you, you take that, and put it right beside you. You got paper towels in the bathroom mm-hmm. and if you run out you can use it if you get hurt on somebody's property. Right. You right. can you can sign, you can make people sign anything. But if the place that you the re, we were talking about them little yellow things here. Yeah. A lot of times those are in place for that. So we can, well, we tried to warn you. We tried to let you know that this and that and the other, but none of that stuff matters. Right. My father worked for a a local business around here for years, and they had a big sign that said, we're not responsible if you this and that and other. But every time somebody fell down, they got 50 grand. (laughs) <laughs> you know Every time They had all kind of signs up Saying we're not responsible For accidents But I know a lot of people Who got paid When they tripped and fell Maybe
1: out. I'm falling down At the wrong place Maybe
0: you are Maybe I, you maybe are I'm I'd fall, I've been falling down For free for years <laughs> But Yeah I mean Most of Even Disney will uh, You know Most companies will settle with you Yeah. Because they don't need the publicity from it. And I'm just telling you, I don't care what AEW is making you sign. The first time Darby Island jumps over and breaks somebody's leg. Right. If they're smart enough, they're going to go find them an attorney.
1: That, to me, is why any independent promotion that is running shows without a guardrail Mm -hmm. or, or allowing wrestlers to dive anywhere toward the fans. Yep. You are, as the French say, morons. Yeah. Because we we went to um maybe it wasn't me and you. I mean, when I went to F- SCI, like yeah, if you're a wrestler be. and you're telling people in the crowd to move out of their seats, uh-huh. that's ridiculous.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I those agree. people paid for those seats. Yeah. That woman paid for that drink, probably paid 10 bucks
0: for that I mean, drink. Well, let's see. Based on if their prices are anything like the Peace Center, yeah. she paid 12 for that drink. Yeah. Because <laughs> I had a shot of Gentleman Jack at the Peace Center the other night, and it cost me $12. What,
1: yeah.
0: And I'm sure it's pretty comparable.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, what are some other incidents like that that you can remember back through the years?
0: You know, there's the real famous one with Terry Gordy uh-huh. uh, when he pushed the fan. Okay, and and I mean he, this was I mean where was this? I would have been in Texas. Yeah, I'm sure. This was this had to have been in Texas, Texas, Louisiana, yeah, Oklahoma. One of those. It would have been during that UWF, WCCW days. Um, you can find it. It's pretty. But I mean he, he laid into that guy. The guy was kind of. He made a move like he was going at Gore. Like oh. it was just enough to I think to justify. He kind of. You know, lunged at him maybe, yeah. and I mean Gordy squashed that. Yeah. Um, and now uh, Japan, you know, that was a. Um, I read the sh- the book on the sheet. Great mm-hmm. book, by the way, Blood yeah. and Fire. If you get a chance to read it, it's an it's a phenomenal book. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a tradition where it brings you good luck to touch something that you're afraid of. Oh. And people were afraid of the sheet. Yeah. And he would go after them in the in the crowd, and he kept blades underneath. If you touch the sheet, you might come back cut. Yeah. Because, you know, he wore blades under all of his fingers. Yeah. And he would swat at people intentionally trying to cut them if they got close to him. Oh, wow. Um, and some people did. Some people got gashed up, but that was his deal. The people would try to touch him because they were afraid of him. And wow. he would and he would uh, very much split somebody open, yeah. given the opportunity. Um, there's a lot of videos from that era of guys like Brody swinging, running through the crowd, swinging his chain. Yeah. Um, Stan Hansen. Right. You know, going full blast with that bull rope into the crowd. Right. Um, so that was more accepted there, but here you just don't, there's not a lot of instances of people, of wrestlers going into the crowd. Now you you can find a lot of footage of people trying to get in the ring and it turning out bad.
1: Um, now, if you look at an NBA player the wrong way, you'd oh, be banned for life.
0: Oh, man, if you say if you insult LeBron at all, he'll get you thrown out and you'll never be able to go back. Uh, unless you're Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp got away with insulting the entire Memphis organization and trying to pick a fight with Dylan Brooks. and But he's Shannon Sharp, so he gets away with it. Right. right. We, we wouldn't have got away with that.
1: I wouldn't have been picking a fight with Dylan Brooks.
0: No, you're probably right. I definitely, when Steven Adams rolled up, I would have. <laughs> I oh,
1: would have. man. I I pray that Steven Adams has a post-NBA wrestling career.
0: Oh, man. He's missing. Uh, dude, He's could very much, if not a wrestling career, he could be in movies. Yes. He absolutely. I, you could see him playing Momoa's brother yeah. in anything, man. God, he looks just like him. Right, man. right, um, right. Yeah. Talking about a a guy that grew his hair out and completely changed his look, man. Yeah. Just, yeah, he's great. I'm like you. I hope he has a a post. I think he will. I think you'll see him in movies at some point because he looks like a henchman number two. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, certainly. Maybe not a leading man, but like no,
0: uh, no, I don't think you're gonna. But he's definitely could be the guy that you have to beat up to get to the big boss. A,
1: a good uh, good villain in a Jason Statham movie.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. One of those a doorman that Statham's got to get through that kind of thing. Yeah, hundred percent. Kevin Nash has made a career out of doing that. Yeah, Kevin Nash plays that part real well. That's great in John Wick. You know he's he's in he's in the first John Wick. Really? Yeah, he plays the doorman, and uh, John Wick lets him live, because they'd had a good interaction at some point, point. John Wick didn't kill him. That was Kevin Nash? That was Kevin Nash, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Wait a minute.
0: Really? Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: I need to go back and watch that. Yeah. I didn't realize that was Kevin Nash. Because- Like, I just watched that in the last month, because I was trying yeah. to get ready. I'm not, there's- um. I don't think I've seen the second and the third one
0: because Nash's theory is the reason that he let him live was not was because when he asked him how much weight he'd lost and he said 58 pounds or something like that, Mm -hmm. whatever it was that he was actually telling him there's 58 guys in there Uh that he was giving him, he was, he was trading the information for his life basically that hey, I've lost 58 pounds and it took this and that and the other to let him know how many, how, whatever answers he was given was actually code for how many guns and men were behind that door. And that that's why John Wick let him, let him live.
1: I'm going to have to watch, I'm going to have to watch that. Mm-hmm. Maybe when we go to lunch today. Yeah. Uh. So, so I, uh, I, I think back, you know, we talked about this maybe last time, you know, when Oli Anderson got stabbed. Um, yeah. I mean, I think if you're a wrestler, you've got to understand once you cross over the guardrail, all bets are off and you don't know.
0: You don't know. There's a, there's tons of stories. Uh, there's God. I wish I could remember, I think it was in Memphis. There was some guy that was in the front row, and he was like a rodeo cowboy. And I mean, he was just you know tougher than a ten cent steak. And I think he, he beat somebody up one time. Somebody a, bit, a real prominent. Yeah, I wish I could remember the name. Yeah, but I can't. Um, but Tex like, McRed. Was it Tex McRed? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, But yeah, he was uh, evidently he he'd been riding bulls for years. And he was working on, and he was a he was a man. Yeah. And anyway, somebody went down there, and I guess they got in his face and thought they were going going to punk him out. And he was he'd been riding, you know, Brahma bulls, and he was not going to punk that guy out. And evidently, he he beat a dog slop out of somebody, and they had to turn it into a a deal because it killed that guy's reputation. It was in the papers and all. Oh that my. Yeah. Yeah, they basically, I think, paid that guy to come back so that they could make it look like it was a wrestling angle. Oh, my. And I wish I could tell you who it was. I don't remember. Jim Cornette tells the story. Yeah. Um, That's who I heard it from. He didn't tell me specifically. He told it on his podcast. Uh, And I'm sure if you look, you can find him talking about it.
1: You mean your good friend Jim Cornette didn't tell you Well, he did,
0: and uh, put that in – you know my book that he signed for me to my good friend Mark, uh, but nah, he did he did uh, answer one of my emails one time. He did email me once. Yeah,
1: really? What did you? him? <laughs> yeah, he's actually
0: a really uh really personable, despite what you see. And he is very much uh, he's a curmudgeon, but he's very very friendly, man. Um, it was a, a story about. You know, Austin Idol basically left the territory when Hanson come in because Hanson, Hanson played too rough, mm-hmm. and Austin Idol didn't didn't much care for it. And I just asked him about it. Um, he used to have a thing on his website. It was ask before they started doing the on the show. Yeah, on the on the uh, the podcast, you could go on his website and it would say "Ask Corny," and I just clicked on it and asked him if he knew anything about that because I right. just kind of. I heard Hanson mention it but I'd never heard anything else about it. And it was about a month later and I was I checked my emails and I had an email from him. Hang on. I probably I think I shared it or I think I saved it. Because, yeah. Um, I save all my emails. Yeah, that one was kind of, of a, a cool one to me. So if you'll talk for a second, I will
1: I'm still trying to think what I was supposed to talk about. We were recording the last episode about the great Muda, and we were I was going to take a detour, and I said, no, that's another episode, and now I can't remember what it was. Um, I think, and you mentioned this, the question is, are some heels just genuinely bad people who do heelish things just to say, Well, I'm a heel, that's the way I'm supposed to act.
0: No, but I think sometimes people use I'm a heel as an excuse to be an asshole. And I think that's what he's doing in some cases. Right. So, uh, question about Rough House Fargo. That's what it was, I remember now. Yeah. uh, Because Hanson didn't want to work with Rough House Fargo because he said it was... uh, um, so I said, Mr. Cornett, I'm currently reading Tuesday night at the gardens. What an incredible history lesson. I've often heard you thrill us with stories of rough house Fargo. And it's clear that as a young fan, you were captivated by his actions. I recently heard an interview with Stan Hansen where he discussed being fired from Memphis after a match with rough house. He said he considered it exposing the business and he refused to go along with what they wanted to do. He didn't provide much more details as to what or how the match went down. And I was curious if you had any knowledge or insight into this situation. Thank you for considering my question. And don't please don't ever be a kinder, gentler JC. Even when I disagree with your position on a matter, I admire you always say what you think. Uh, Blank them if they can't take the heat. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was, a. and I'm sitting there, and one day I get a response, and it says, it just says, from Jim Cornette. As I recall, Rough House was brought in for a big 12-man tag match in Memphis on October 17th, 1983. I believe his last match there, I believe this was his last match there as he was in his early 50s. The match was Lawyer-Valent, the Fabs, Austin Idol versus Fargo. Hang on. The match was Lawler, Valiant, Fabulous Ones, Austin Idol, and Rough House Fargo versus Assassins, Landell, Condry, Norval Austin, and Jesse Ventura. Lawler and Ventura had a feud going, as did the Fabs versus the Assassins. Hanson had been working a program with Idol. He was so stiff that Idol nearly quit. That's where I got uh-huh. that from. But I... After he was in the main event the previous week versus Idol, Stan was not in this match or on the card, and he never came back. My guess is that he saw Rough House two weeks beforehand in a six-man, and when he heard about this match, he told them that he wouldn't go for it and was never advertised for it. It was an easy choice between the two. Fargo was a gold mine who'd drawn big houses there for 20 years, and I don't blame Stan as if you didn't grow up in this territory and see it for yourself. No one would ever have believed it, but the people believed Rough House was real. I met mean, it's Jonathan Boyd, the grumpy sheep herder, the first time he ever worked with or saw Roughhouse, and Boyd was for once speechless. So, so that was his response to me.
1: So describe Roughhouse Fargo to us, like.
0: Do you know Sonny Fargo, the referee, the old um, Mid Atlantic referee, Sonny Fargo? Maybe I, mm-hmm. I don't know. You yeah, he wore the different. He's the guy that didn't wear the referee's outfit. He right? wore like the blue shirt. Okay. Uh, anyway, they would. The story was that he was Jackie Fargo's brother who yeah. was in the insane asylum. Okay. And then every once in a while, they let him out. He'd been hospitalized because he was he was just nuts. Yeah. And that was what Roughhouse Fargo was. Okay. And you would, but he looks like he was a referee because he was little. But he was one of those little scrappy guys that. Oh, uh, okay. You just couldn't hurt. You couldn't. You, yeah. you could hit him all you wanted to. It didn't hurt him. He just gotcha. stop. He was a buzzsaw But they didn't use him often. Yeah. It would just be every night. And then I right, roughhouse is getting out of the is getting out of the nervous <laughs> hospital. So we're gonna have to bring the him down here. Hospital. We're gonna have to bring him down here to help us out with the. You know. <laughs>
1: this problem has gotten so far out of hand. We got to get our guy out of the, yeah. the nervous hospital. <laughs>
0: So yeah, that was the rough house Fargo deal.
1: Ah, oh, sweet. Okay. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. That's pre-
0: um The point is everybody hates Cornet, but he took time out of his day to to email a guy he didn't even know.
1: Right. He has hit you with a tennis racket he before. He
0: also hit me with a tennis racket. Yes,
1: um I think back to um Andy Kaufman and like He would cross – I don't know that I would say cross the line verbally, but he never really – he never got into it. I think Andy Kaufman knew he needed to stay on the right side of the guardrail.
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't – for me, crossing the line verbally is not – I don't necessarily see that. Right. You know, but you can physically cross a line, and I just think once again when he threw it in that kid's face, I think that was crossing a line that that for me it just it wouldn't have stood if somebody had thrown a drink in one of their faces. Right, they would have had that person thrown out. Right, because they've had them thrown out just for saying stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, or having a sign. Right. That they didn't agree. That they with. didn't
0: agree with. So certainly, if somebody throws something on a wrestler, they're getting they're getting tossed. So I don't think you should be throwing stuff, especially on kids. Man,
1: yeah, come on, come on, man.
0: you know. I just, I don't, I don't get it.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, as much as I do like MJF, and as much as I think he gets. I think there's just some things he doesn't get. But maybe that's the dad in me. I don't know.
0: He's still young. Yeah. He's talking about somebody that's not even 30 yet.
1: He's even 25. How old yeah, is he the may guy? Not be. He 25, 26. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the guy's positioned himself pretty well in the world of yeah, professional he's, he's wrestling.
0: Doing, he's doing well. I just I'm not saying that they should strip him of the title right. and fire him for whatever. But I definitely, if I'm Tony Khan, I sit him down and find him and say, look, don't ever, let's, don't, ever don't ever let something like that happen again. That should never happen. Yeah, let's We do not. They don't need. They don't need that kind of press.
1: Right. They right. just
0: don't, man, because they're not, they don't have great press anyway. <laughs> like, like
1: basically, them. Max, you just wrestled an hour with the best wrestler on the planet. And everybody's talking about you throwing
0: right, and you have by all kid. accounts, is probably the second best match in the history of this company. Arguably, the best match in the history of this company. Right?
1: What would you say first match?
0: You know, that's a, I think the uh, the Omega Danielson match hmm. that that was on TV. I think is probably the best that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Danielson and, and Page had a really good match. Um, Punk and MJF. Uh, the, that the dog, dog collar match was, was incredible. tremendous. Um, FTR and the Young Bucks, their second match was yeah. incredible. Uh, Lucha Brothers and and the Young Bucks and that cage match oh. was too, way over the top and too right. much. But I love I love that every now and then. Like I'm I'm not a person that says you shouldn't go over the top. Right. Sometimes that you shouldn't do too much. And I think a cage match between the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers. Should, That was it. Was what I wanted it to be, right? Um, Right. I don't. I don't hate the young bucks like a lot of people do, right? Um, I don't agree with sometimes the um, that they'd rather just work with their friends. You know, you kind of wish they would get past that and really, and really. um, God, I mean. I respect the fact that they didn't put FTR and the Young Bucks together in the ring every week for two yes. years. Like I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but there's so much money on the table with the elite versus Punk and FTR. Yeah. And just get over it, man.
1: I I'm telling you. Get over it. it the, make more, that money. the more the more that um, I think. Uh, you I know. think
0: they are too. I think everybody's listen, man. I've I've been in fights with friends of mine before. And, you know, sometimes after a month, you kind of sit back and go, right, that was silly. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's move on from that. And, and I'm hoping that's what they're going to do. I hope everybody looks and says, man, we should have. Maybe if we'd all sit down together a month beforehand and had a conversation. Right, right. Instead of chirping at each other behind their backs. Maybe if we'd have talked about some of this stuff. Right. We would have had a better outcome. I'm hoping that cooler heads have prevailed
1: do you think i one of the things that was different about AEW from the start is you had four guys who were going to be the executive vice presidents and then almost immediately tony khan's like hmm i don't know if this is going to work right and and you can almost go back to when and Tony Connie's talked about it, everybody's talked about it, of when he took a little more control. Yeah. That the product tightened up a bit. Um but to me, one of the things that I liked about AEW was it, it felt like this experiment. That they were being open. Hey, the young bucks are pretty much going to run our tag team division, and Kenny O's going to do this, and Cody's going to do this, and I liked that. Um,
0: it went pretty much how I figured it was going to go, right? Because <laughs> if they put, if I was an active professional wrestler and they put me in charge of running the division that I was actively a part of, and I can tell you exactly how it would go down. How would it go? Oh, I mean, I would be uh, that guy that I always talk about that doesn't sell anything. Yeah, <laughs> you can't beat him, and he makes everybody <laughs> tap out. But he's never actually been an athlete. <laughs> the only difference is I'm six foot five, and you know, I could I could at least pull at least I looked the part.
1: You would be, uh, you would be the six foot five version of Super Cena.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's the right. Three. No, I would be the six. Well, I would be the fat Brock Lesnar.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, do you do you think? Do you think that's an idea? I mean, the, the the structuring and who knows what the real structuring was behind the scenes. I think it was. I think it's interesting that Cody got into it and he like. Oh, this is not what I want. Like, I think he wanted to be his dad. And then he realized, Uh man, that's something that's a side of the business. I don't want to have anything really to do with. Um,
0: I think booking by committee never works. Ultimately, somebody has to be the one to say, no, this is what we're going to do. Right. They still don't have a direction in a lot of ways. They had a great. In uh, the female division, had an incredible storyline that they've been working on with Brett Baker and, and Jamie Hader, and mm-hmm. they just kind of abandoned it.
1: Yeah,
0: like it was. They do that. They get Jamie Hader built all this momentum up when she was finally going to smack Brit, Brit Brett Baker across the mile, and and that just kind of went away. And I'm sure they'll go back. Are they to friends it. now? Oh, yeah.
1: They're on the same side.
0: Yeah, 100% now, because they're they're the baby faces.
1: And now, and Paige turned bad?
0: She did. Soraya and Ruby Soho and uh, Tony Storm, they all joined together as like this female NWO, except they didn't, you know, they all were kind of (laughs) fired. Let go. I don't... I don't know what they're—they're—they're they're, they're like a female NWO kind of thing. They're spray painting people, and because of the fans, you know, Ruby Soho turned because I don't know they cheered for somebody else in one of her matches, and I don't know why Paige turned, and I don't know why Tony Storm turned. The people didn't appreciate her, even though she got an incredible reaction every time she came out.
1: Huh.
0: Yeah, it's not a good storyline. It's not. C- because the Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter thing was good. It I, was going to be good. They were going to have good matches.
1: I do think, I just think they got too many wrestlers. But I do think they, yeah. they've they gotten better talent, female talent. 100%. Uh, yes, 100%. I think back to some of those early not good no, no no who was the first who was their first champion the Re- Re- reho? reho yeah i tell you what if you are an action figure collector and you didn't get a reho figure <laughs> they are everywhere Yeah, you
0: wasn't trying hard enough. yeah they are yeah. everywhere yeah they were peg warmers
1: yeah <laughs> um
0: I got that Steve Austin, by the way, the stunning Steve with the TV title. Oh yeah, and I got one. I also got the. Uh, did you have to order it, or did I you find did. it somewhere? Yeah, yeah, I ordered it. Um, That's a
1: cool looking figure.
0: And I got the uh, the Dusty Rhodes WrestleMania six figure. Oh, I just got that in the mail the other day. What is that? It's just the from from WrestleMania six the polka dot. Oh, ah, okay. I had I've got one polka dot, but I, this one's the. I think. This is the yellow shirt with black polka dots. I got the black shirt with yellow. This one's the yellow shirt with black polka dots.
1: That reminds me. A dude had a bunch of uh, Hasbros. Oh, yeah? I need to get, I need to, when we go go to lunch, y'all, he sent me a picture and told me his price, but now I can't remember what any of it was because I got distracted by life and love and everything in between.
0: Yeah. I may be, may be interested in those if you can find them. I mean, you, I assume you mean to sell to me, right? You're not gonna buy them, or were you? I was, a, I was were gonna, you thinking I'm gonna buy them, put them in a box, leave them in the floor, and let them, and then lose them? Was that's that, exactly. Was that your thought? Yes. Why? Don't, well, how much does he want for them? Because I'll actually buy them and do something with
1: them. Um, he's want. He said if he did them individually, it'd be like two to three hundred. And there, I'll show you the picture.
0: If I buy them, I don't want to buy them individually. I want to buy them all.
1: No, he no. That's what I'm saying. So he, he might work out a deal with you.
0: Yeah. There's some pretty
1: good ones here.
0: Can may I see them
1: when we're done recording this episode? Just give me the
0: thing and let me look at them. I don't need to. Oh
1: I didn't do that on purpose. I <laughs> promise. For those of you listening to the audio version, I just dropped my phone.
0: He got here. Oh, I see a Hogan, a warrior.
1: I see the Greg Valentine with the leg brace. Don't know if that's a special edition or something.
0: Snooker, Jake Ross. This is the
1: same guy that got me that Terry Funk signed Terry Funk Funk uh, Remco, not oh, Remco yeah. LJN.
0: I would love to have those LODs. I've got the I got the Piper. I got the Big Boss Man. Got the Million Dollar Man. I got the Honky Tonk Man. I like that. Ult- I don't have that old. See, record. I didn't
1: ever buy those because I like wanted to actually wrestle. I still want wrestling figures that with the kung fu grip, sw- <laughs> or as as the true collectors, the swivel arm battle grip. Right, anyway, we're gonna go work out some deals to buy some wwe hasbro collectibles we're gonna go eat some lunch
0: when you say i will hit him up is that me that you're talking
1: i obviously didn't hit you up did i
0: but is that what you were getting at yes
1: yes i was trying to broker this deal for you yeah man he still got him oh. so anyway if you're listening to this if you're a young aspiring independent wrestler don't throw water on children
0: no, please don't
1: do that. Yeah, don't do it. A wrestler did rip one of my kids' posters one time. There was not a guardrail, and I knew the guy. And so it was okay. And I think That's my different. kid. It's it, a little different. It's a little different. Uh, it also. Uh, was a disparaging sign against him. <laughs> and he actually said to me, he's like, man, somebody made a sign with my name on it. I'm like, that's right. Anyway, uh, anyway wrestling's fun. I, I realize what I want to talk about on the next episode. So we're going to finish this one out. Thank you for listening to the Double Dropkick show. We would love your feedback. Uh, DoubleDropkick.com. You can comment. Uh, where we've posted this episode. We also would ask uh, whether you're listening to us on Spotify or Google podcasts, or maybe we're even on audible. I think we're on audible podcast or uh, Apple podcast. Give us that five star rating and review. No one stars, no two stars, no three stars, only five star reviews. There was one dude. Can I, let me just say this. Also, we have a Facebook page and you can rate us on there. And some dude gave us a bad rating and, hey there. and on the Facebook group on the Facebook page. And he said, and he had some sort of comment uh-huh. about, well, they don't really know what they're talking about. And I'm like, buddy, come on, man. But anyway, there's not so we don't have a perfect rating on Facebook. Oh, no. Because of this guy. And, you know, I've lost so much sleep about it.
0: Wait, they said that you and I don't know what we're talking about on our podcast?
1: Let me, let me, you know what, while we're doing this, let's just, come on, let's air, I'm going to air the dirty laundry. Because anybody can go on here and read it. Anybody can go on here and see what this guy wrote. (laughs) Because it's a public. So I'm not, like, calling him out. Let's see here
0: is it on the podcast rating? Or no, no, or it's on it's on
1: Facebook. it's on our Facebook page. I'm trying to find it. Uh, how healthy is this page? Oh, we're not yet rated. We've gotten three reviews. So that's what I'm clicking on, the three reviews. This guy, our so our ratings based on three people, 3.7 out of 5. This guy put from March 8, 2019, 4 years ago. He doesn't recommend – it literally says, doesn't recommend the Double Dropkick show because that's one of your options. You either recommend – to me – here we go. (laughs) To me, there are a lot better wrestling podcasts out there, and they are more entertaining to me. I hate to say it, but this one is kind of boring. I responded, thank you for your feedback and for listening. We're always trying to improve our show, create a good experience for our fans. I'm like, you listen, buddy.
0: Well, allow me to retort. All right, everybody. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Why don't you go? (laughs) Uh, Thank you for listening to the Dumb Dropkick
1: show. And, uh, yeah, um, pretty pretty interesting. Now I can't figure out how to get out. Okay, there we go. All right. Anyway, we need about 1,000 people.
0: A thousand of you to go on our Facebook page. If all of you go to your parents' pocketbook, (laughs) (laughs) take out all the green folded money you can find.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Preferably Andrew Jackson and above.
0: Send it to P.O. box. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, don't ask your parents permission. Just go get the money,
1: (laughs) (laughs) kids. Get your parents' permission before you call. No one got their parents' permission.
0: Oh, I did. Did you? Yes. I knew better than not to get my parents'
1: permission. But what were you calling that cost money?
0: I think I called the Howard the Duck line one time. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a thing? Yeah, it was. I remember. Got a message from Howard the Duck.
1: I remember uh, calling after, because somehow I got a WrestleMania five program. Yeah. And they were selling them with the wrestling magazines or something. And I called that number and found out I mean, that's I mean that's you know how much I was into wrestling. Like couldn't get the pay per view. Right,
0: but you call but and get the results. Feel, okay, I
1: think it's over by now and I'm on call and and uh found out Hulk Hogan had won the belt. That's that's what we're gonna talk about in the next episode.
0: You remembered, huh?
1: I I wanna talk about Uh, I did not have any exposure to WWF before Saturday Saturday night's main event. And so I want to talk about some Saturday night's main event and how the first one was from the fallout from WrestleMania 1 and how they used ones after that to build to WrestleMania. So that's going to be a fun episode. And talking about the wrestling we grew up with. So – Thank you for listening to this show. If you're a heel, don't pour water on kids. And if you're a baby face, don't pour water on kids. Before the Double Dropkick Show, I'm Heath Mulligan. And
0: I'm Mark Whitman. And that's it this week, fans. So long for now. (laughs)